What's up, everybody? This is the Lion Chasers Podcast, brought to you by Relentless Fitness in a world of corporate gyms, Lift Local. We are excited to welcome Mike Newhart today, um, one of our first Lion Chasers here on the podcast. What's going on, Mike? What's going on? I uh, appreciate you having me. This is exciting for me. Like I, you know, I, I just got introduced to this, and so now that I'm here, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm excited to be here. So thanks awesome. for having me. Well, we're pumped to have you. Um, want to sh- just want to open it up to you to kind of share a little bit about your story. Um, and how you've created a system for men to grow not only um, physically, financially, but spiritually, and some of the things that have gone into that now, but going back to kind of when it was just a thought. Mm-hmm. So with that said, you know, I, uh, I was the everyday, so at this point in my life, I'm 37 years old, and for a long portion of my life, I'd been one of those self-help junkies. I always loved reading self-help books or personal development books and business books. I'd started a couple businesses at a younger age, and um, I knew that I always wanted more, but I, and I was reading these books, but I wasn't really putting them into practice. So one day, it's been probably two and a half years ago, I woke up and I just kind of looked in the mirror and I said, are you really happy with the life you're living? And then I, I went a little bit farther and I, and I said no to that, that question. And I looked in the mirror and I said, if you don't change where you're at right now, like what's your life going to look like you know, in 5, 10, 20 years? And looking at the horizon of that, I was not happy with, with what I had solved. So I was like, you know, today's the day where I'm making some changes. So, um, in, in when I looking back now, I had signed up for a marathon mm-hmm. after listening to a podcast with with David Goggins, and you, you heard him. What a terrible idea that was! Because <laughs> I had Googled, I was like, the average person can finish a marathon in like four and a half hours, and I didn't do any training. I just went to run this marathon, and uh, it took me five hours and twenty minutes, and it was pure dark hell for me. <laughs> like I couldn't. Um, it was just one of the things I wanted to quit the whole time. Like I right. literally thought about quitting. I thought about rolling over this hill so I wouldn't have to finish. But I feel like God kept me in that place for a reason because I was, I was struggling in my life and and where I was going. So during those five and a half hours, I had a, a chance to think about what my life was, and that's when I came home that next week. So I looked in the mirror and I had that conversation with myself, and so I think that that had a lot to do with it. Um, so right then I started the books I had been reading, I started living that lifestyle instead of just reading about it. You know, and I had, and my wife's like, it's crazy, once you made that decision, like your life just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's because I've been reading all this stuff. I kind of had a great right. idea. I just hadn't been putting it into fruition and living that lifestyle. So once I started doing that, things started turning around, but also I was asking God in the, in the process to just lead me where he wanted me. Because I didn't know, I was just kind of, wandering around. At this point I had a business, I had a couple of employees, like I was doing the sales, keeping them busy, but I wasn't, I didn't feel fulfilled. Right. Even with the, the past, my life, I wasn't fulfilled with that either. Obviously I was, I was selfish. I was living for Mike Newhart instead of, you know, and for God and for my family. So um, I prayed for a long, long time. And first it started with, you know, priorities. Like I wanted to get my priorities in order. So, you know, when I write, talk to guys now, I say, you know, when I got my priorities in order, it started with God. It started with my wife, then my kids, then my health and my fitness, because I was pretty much out of shape, and then then my business. My business came fifth. So in those prayers, I kept feeling led to start a group. And I was like, dude, how can I start this group when I'm, I don't want to feel like a hypocrite. If I'm not doing these things, but also in the process, I'm still learning to live better and live, you know, according to the plan and my priorities. And so all of a sudden I just, I was, it's a strange story, but I was, laying in the bathtub just soaking one day and I was still in prayer and I had this, this thought come over to structure you. Mm. Like Mike, you live better when your life is completely structured. Right. Let's just start a group called Structure You, invite all these guys to it and you know, 
we'll see what happens. And then, and that was a year, just over a year ago, a year and a half ago, okay. I believe. And uh, now there's 700 guys in this group, and it's a it's a group, you know, women. My wife, she's got groups where she's part of women's groups where right. they do different things. And there wasn't a place for me as a man to go and talk about different things, like whatever it may be. Maybe it's I want to brag about a, a victory I had today, or right. maybe it's my wife and an argument. I don't have any other guys to talk to about it, or you know, my I got young kids. I'm having problems with kids. You know, whatever it was, just a place for guys to come and vent. Not a place where we're going to talk about drinking beer and, and right. women, none of that kind of stuff. It, I just wanted good conversations, deep right. conversations. Um, and so now, yeah, we're a year and a half into it. There's 700 guys in there. Uh, the first, what was it? The first couple months, I put together an eight-week course. And so I had, what, there was like 10 guys that we went through an eight-week course together and stuff like that. And so now we're just, we're rocking and rolling. And you know, and with that said, that's on, that's a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I have, I like to limit my social media consumption. So there was here recently, there was a three to three and a half months stint where I'm just completely off Facebook. Right. And like, and I had let those guys know, like, hey, I'm taking this little sabbatical, mm-hmm. but there's enough leaders in this group that this this is still going to grow, this is still going to work, and stuff like that. And so when I was gone, it still did. You know, there's still people posting, but now that I'm back, I mean, I'm still not consuming a lot in there and not posting a lot, but I'm present. You know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, being present with the guys and stuff like that. But I, and I was really amazed how many guys were reaching out to me. Because I shared my phone number. I'm like, if you guys want to talk to me, here's my phone number. Right. You know, and, and having 10 to 15 guys that were supporting me along the way, that was a, that was a huge, huge bump to my to my morale and, and stuff like that because I was going through some other, well, I was doing 75 hard. So, yeah. you know, sometimes that'll, that'll just beat you down. But uh, doing that was, was awesome and having those guys reach out to me. So, so here we are today. I love it. Well, I want to rewind a little bit to the structure of you and talking about just kind of give the listeners an idea of how you, you grew and made those changes. So I think we sometimes are in a culture of following, you know, uh, self-help Instagram posts and reading self-help books and all these things. Mm-hmm. And you can have all that knowledge, right? But if you don't ever put it into practice and mm-hmm. when you go from being like not taking care of your health and wellness, not doing those daily practices and being structured... What were some steps that you took in the beginning to like begin to create that structure, create that discipline mm-hmm. that now you've realized like as you started structure, you was like, okay, this is was the game changer for me. How did you start that in the beginning? Yep, great question. And for me, the number one thing was a morning routine. Mm-hmm. I had to have a morning routine. Once I started reading these books, you know, Hal Elrod's got a book, The, the Morning Miracle. and. And uh, Aubrey Marcus has put different books of own the day or mm-hmm. I think it's own the day, own your life, something like that. But for me personally, I had to wake up with a purpose every single morning. And that was, A, to get better at mental, physical, all of these different things. And so and when I say morning routine, if I rewind, it actually starts the night before. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm one of those types, I have to plan out. I've got a journal. I call it my life journal. Mm-hmm. But I will plan out every single hour throughout the day. So that I know at 5 o'clock when I wake up, here's my morning routine and here's the, the five things I'm going to get done. Um, and then at 6.30, I wake my kids up, get them ready for school. Like I'm very um, present and diligent and, and intentional with my time. But being intentional with my time has almost freed up more time in my life. Right. More time, even more money, you know, because I'm now structured with everything. So the whole structure you part came because I had set up morning routines. During the day, I don't necessarily have a routine, but I'm sticking to the, right. the laid out plan. And then of an evening, I have an evening routine that I go through too that will get me prepared for the next day right so but being intentional with my time was the number one thing because once I put all these priorities in order 
my business took a step back. Like I started right. making less money last year, but also like I told my wife, I said, isn't it crazy how we have less, we've made less money this year, but somehow we've got more money in the bank account. Our lives are more, more fulfilling this year and it has nothing to do with money. Right. You know? So I stopped chasing money because there for a while I was, I was stuck in the chasing the dollar sure. aspect, and but I, I yeah. wasn't fulfilling. And I think that's kind of the idea that is you see in society today, the idea of I got to chase that money because money gives me the freedom to then have what I want and mm -hmm. do what I want. But I think you said it there is your discipline is what freed you in terms of having structure. And then you're not waking up at, you know, rolling out of bed. Oh, it's time to get to work. Yes. And running through McDonald's and getting the you know <laughs> the the McMuffin and then that's an expense and then your date you know then there's no structure to it because you're just doing whatever the instant gratification seems to be a big issue kind of in the world yes but I think that's kind of a lie to us if you you know get what you want now but then it's immediate so then we don't have those disciplines set aside to be able to allow us to focus on what's actually important what the priorities are mm -hmm. I think you're a walking example of once you prioritize and wake up with a purpose each day, like then you're able to set yourself free from like the things that are weighing you down and that aren't important. Because until you realize what's important, mm -hmm. you can't decide what's unimportant. Exactly right. And and for my mornings, it's one of those things too. How are you waking up? Are you waking up proactive or reactive? You know how many mm -hmm. people hit their alarm clock and they just wake up reactive and they hit the alarm clock too many times and they're like, oh crap. Where's my car keys? Where are my where are my clothes I'm gonna wear today? You right. know, for me personally, I would get to wear at nighttime. I would, when I would lay my head down at night, I would say, because you know, it, it's weird to think about. Maybe it's a little woo-woo, but our brains don't know the concept of 7 a.m. You know, my body knows, hey, if it gets a good seven hours of sleep, I'm gonna wake up well rested. So I right. knew going to sleep at 10. If I would lay down at say 9:45, I would say, okay, brain, here's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna get a solid seven hours of sleep and when we wake up at five o'clock, we're gonna be ready to tackle the day mm -hmm. and we're gonna accomplish some stuff. And so then, you know, and I, I'm really adamant that I don't use an alarm clock. Like mm -hmm. I don't wanna wake up to that alarm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so I'm so proactive with my mornings and my wife's on board too. Like we're both, we even now in our house, mornings are non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. She's got her routine that she does out in her office. I kind of have mine that I do inside and it's, it's just what sets us up for the day. No perfect example was it, I think it was two days ago, my wife slept in because I was doing some other stuff and when we were leaving the house, she, she kind of snipped at me and, and later on in the day, she's like, hey, I'm sorry, but I think it had to do with because I didn't get up early and do my routine and I just felt like I was rushed all of a sudden. I'm like, dude, I think you're right. And I said, I knew that walking out the door, but I'm not gonna say anything, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah. I love just learn to when to hold your tech. Yeah, exactly. That's great. No, so, yeah, I think that's, I mean, when you look at all these books and when you look at, you know, successful people and, and entrepreneurs and, and people that, you know, talk about rising early. I think some people look at it and they're like, I can't get up early, I need my, I need my sleep, yes. right? But what I've found is that the times in my life when, I, when I'm waking up early, right, there's nobody bugging you at five in the morning, right? No one's, you're able to focus mm -hmm. on, you get, you get two to three hours of like self-development, working out, you know, whatever you need to do, you can get done, and it really allows you to get a head start on the day. If I'm putting in three hours before the next person wakes up, I'm three hours ahead of them. Exactly. Already, right? And uh, and I like that mental edge, right. which is dumb. You know, I'm living for my life, Mike Newhart, not to compete with somebody right. else, but I've got that competitive spirit in me that knowing that I have that mental edge, I've already got up at 5 a.m. and done all this hard stuff. Like. I feel like I'm just ready to tackle stuff. When I know people are still groggy and they're waking up, I'm like, oh yeah, I got you. Right, and my, you know? my, my always, the, the comment I say to people that say like, uh, I'm a night owl or whatever, it's like, that's awesome if your nights are consisting of, you know, from 10 to midnight, like you're, you know, 
working on reading a self-development book, you know, working out, whatever it is. But typically that 10 to 12 is like Netflix and video games <laughs> exactly. and watching TV. Like, yeah, you're a night owl, but it's probably not conducive. To, when you wake up at five in the morning and your alarm goes off, probably not likely to sit down and be like, oh, I should probably watch the you know, yeah, exactly. or banks or whatever, you know. For sure. It makes a, you make a good point. And, you know, I think that, oh, shit, I lost my train of thought, but I, I heard something yesterday on the radio that mm. said, by the time the average male is 21 years old, they've played 10,000 hours of video games. You know, and I think that they say that 10,000 hours is the equivalent of like mastering something. Right. You know, so think of what we should be, could be doing with our time and how many adults, adult males now are still playing video games. Right. That's something I've never gotten into, so I can't really, I can't comprehend that. I'm like, playing right. video games? Yeah, and I can I can speak a little bit to the video game thing in terms of like, it was easy for it to be an excuse in college and stuff as a social tool to like, be with guys, yeah. hang out, be with friends, and I think that same, it's the same idea of, well, I'm going to the bars because I want to be able to hang out with my the guys or whatever. Um, we're doing this, it's like, but what if you took those relationships and instead of feeding them to like, for entertainment or this, you know, forgetting work or whatever you're mm-hmm. doing to, you know, turn off the world. What if you put it into how can we help each other better? How can we come to the men that God's created us to be? Um, and that's finding a new, sometimes that's finding a new group of friends because not everyone's going to come alongside. And so, um, yeah, I guess as you started Structure You um, and you made those lifestyle changes for listeners that are looking to do that, what sort of, um, friction did you face with the relationships of people that were like Mike this isn't Mm -hmm. you know where's fun Mike or whatever you know yeah and that's that was hard because I had had a group of friends for Mm -hmm. the majority of my life that they knew me as as fun Mike or party Mike or whatever Mm -hmm. it was you know because I was always the one that could facilitate getting a group of guys together to go do something dumb and that's right. how I say it now is doing something it usually <laughs> typically took place in a bar yeah and you know it was one of those things but then when I was like dude I, that's not fulfilling to me and I was married with kids and I was still I wasn't doing that stuff a lot but it was still like I would still do it every now and then I'm mm-hmm. like dude this isn't worth it and so once I made that transition I mean it was like a drop of a hat I'm like I'm ready to change I'm going to change now and so I did and I don't want to say I lost any friends right but um I don't hear from them as much, you know, sure. because it's because of my lifestyle. And I don't want to say it's even, it's not that different, but my priorities have changed. So therefore I know where that, where I want to go in life and I know that and nothing negative against them, but we don't have the same goals as to where we want to go. So I had to kind of break off some, some ties and some relationships to them, but I, you know, I still talk to them and still getting ready to go play golf with them. Most of them here in a couple sure. of weeks, but, but the relationship is different. Right. And you know, it, it's crazy too, because I feel like all along the way, and I just really pieced this together here recently that God has been putting people in my life all along the way to get to where I am now, mm-hmm. but I, I, and I didn't see it all along the way. And you know, one of the guys that used to help me uh, in the business I work in, he was an associate pastor at a church we used to go mm-hmm. to, but he just recently told me, he says, hey Mike, you know, that whole time where I was helping you, uh, I wasn't doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. I really felt like God was leading me to work with you. There's something about you that I wanted to be around. And I felt like God led me there. And I was like, whew. And that kind of gave me chills because I had to tell myself, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of lying to you during that process because I was still out drinking beer and doing all this stuff, you know. And I'm sitting here working the pastor. And I'm like, I'm leaving. almost felt, I said, dude, I apologize. I said, I feel like I was leaving two lives now. And he's like, dude, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, he said, because I felt like I was led. And I, I he's like, I'm sure I planted some seeds along the way. I'm like, you did. I still remember most of the conversations, you know. That's but uh, yeah, it's cool looking back now. Yeah, that's awesome. I think as you grew in that, you know, through those things, and as you as you begin to level up and you start to have your eyes open to things and you begin to focus on 
who you are and what your passions and your purpose is in life, um, losing those friendships or having them change, you mm-hmm. start to see like, do I want a ton of friends that it's all really surface level? Or do I want to find a group of like you talked about, 10, 15 guys, and that's a lot, but when you pull from 700 mm-hmm. that are in the structure, you know, for, for majority of people, maybe it's, you know, would I rather have one or two really good guy friends that I can go super deep with, share my, you know, the things that I'm struggling with, you know, the deepest, the deepest secrets I have that, you know, the things that are in my closet, or would I rather have 20 friends that think I'm happy-go-lucky, funny dude, like, and then never get to share who I really am, and I think that goes back to the idea of a society where we sometimes sacrifice quality for quantity mm-hmm. um, in a lot of things, and so that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, you make great points there because the surface level relationships we have, you know, for men, it's most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to talk about the difficult things, you know, I, whether it's daddy issues or whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, a rejection issue or it's I have a drinking problem. We don't want to address those things because as men, we're told to, you know, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't do this stuff. Like mm-hmm. we're strong, hard men that we just, this is the life we live, you know? Yeah. And once I, really start digging the Bible I'm like well God gave me all these feelings for a reason like I need to express these feelings and once I really started this journey I had to ask my wife I'm like do you care like I'm like the crier of the family you're not really the crier like I'm the more emotional dude you know and she's like no it's nice you know now that you were able to tap into your feelings like it's nice that you're an emotional creature and I think Mm -hmm. that that's more than anything in structure you what I wanted was for guys to have that sense of freedom because now that I'm living this lifestyle I'm like dude life's way better once you're, and I don't like to use the word vulnerable mm-hmm. because vulnerable, if you look at the definition, it's like to be preyed upon, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't like, I don't want to be vulnerable, but you know, what's sharing some of these things, you know, you're just putting in a position. And for me personally, I'm kind of like an open book. If you got any questions, right. ask me, I'll tell you. But it's like, you know, I just don't, I want guys to know that other people feel the same way right. and have the same issues and have the same problems. And none of us are, there's nothing that's new. Everybody's sharing the same struggles, you right. know? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, not vulnerable, but transparent. Transparent. Yeah, Perfect. I think that's because I think sometimes we get, especially men, get this idea that you, I'm the only one who's struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And if I let somebody else know, then it's a weakness. Where if I identify it and I get help with it, like now I'm making it hopefully become a strength. Or if it's a weakness, it's not going to hinder my strengths because I've identified it. Exactly. And once you bring that to light, like so for me personally, it was. You know, it was a little bit of everything. It was it was the porn thing that was kind of normal, and mm. nowadays it's it's a normal thing. It was uh, gambling, which now there's the gambling places everywhere. It right. was drinking. It was it was just everything that a normal dude was doing. Mm-hmm. I was doing it, but then I it, but I also knew in the back of my head like, you know, I'm, I'm married with kids. Like, looking at porn is not fair to my wife. Mm. You know, but or, or going to these gambling places, hiding money from my wife, that's not fair to her. Or right. Going out and spending time at the tavern, like, what if my wife is doing that? What would I think? You know. Right. So I'm like, no, none of this stuff is right, and that's not the way that I want to live. So I started changing all of it, and I started being very transparent about it. Like, hey, this stuff wasn't happy with, I'm not happy with this, and I'm gonna make some changes. And then next thing I know, like guys are hopping on board, you're like, you know what, I'm not happy either. Let's let's roll with this, I'm like, let's do it, you know? That's awesome, that's so cool. And, and you alluded to those, those struggles that you had, that then you were transparent about with a group of guys, and then I'll let you kind of share some stories around that, but the stories that then came out within Structure You or guys that you've worked with that said, oh my gosh, like I struggle with that and it's been a real problem, but I was afraid to, you know, bring it to light because I was ashamed. But because mm-hmm. you shared, now we're open and we've created this dialogue with men in the community um, to where they can feel like they have a place to share that's not, you know, just 
open, you know, yep. to their families yet until they're prepared and ready to do that and understand. And so I'll let you kind of share a little bit about that side of the structure. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, on that side, it's been crazy how many guys have, have really opened up and shared stories of whether it's whether they're molested when they were kids or the major drinking problems they have or drug use problems. Like there's been some crazy things that these guys have tackled that, you know, I just give them credit for because it's like that's hard to do but you know and I don't ever want to take credit for this, this is my idea you know I feel like God really let this put us on my heart to lead you know what is it called my mess has turned into my message you know that awesome. that I have lived through this and I know that other guys are living through it as well but to get that just the peace of mind saying whoo I don't have to do this on my own like I don't have to to have these struggles like I can talk to other guys about this and I mean the the stories that I've heard I mean they're just Mount, there's like my jaw just drops to the ground. I'm like, what? You're, you've lived with that for so long, you haven't told anybody. Like, let's get this out, man. Like, you're not the only one. And whenever somebody shares that with me, like, I'm, I'm really adamant trying to get them to share that with the other people because there's more people in the group that need to hear that that are struggling with that. Um, but yeah, there's just there's almost too many stories to even yeah. go on at this point. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of transformation going on. I, I feel like. That's great. I, I, I love it. I love seeing the, the stories on Facebook and you were doing um, Zoom calls there for a while with guys and being able to jump on and just, just get on on a Thursday night in the evening and just kind of share and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And I know there were guys talking about you know losing their jobs and trying to find their purpose. And mm-hmm. it was like, once you identify you know what we talked about before, like when you're transparent and identify like these are the issues that I have that are holding me back, then you're set free from those things, and now you confess to those around you. You confess to God. You know you you understand that you're forgiven, and you repent and turn from it. Yes. Now you can begin to create that lifestyle that you that you wanted without having all that baggage coming in. I think structure is an awesome way to do that, and you know, alluding and, and congratulating you on answering God's call for starting structure you because we now see the lives that have been affected, mm. not just from a 700 people standpoint, but now down to what I kind of want to get into. Next is this idea that God put on your heart of this retreat that you did with some guys that now, and, and I hope you guys are kind of seeing this picture of like Mike realizing he needs to make a change, investing in this knowledge of reading these books and doing his self-help, now taking another step and being transparent with his wife and making change, now taking another step and writing out his priority, now taking another step and starting to put him into practice. And so each step was a little was a little more difficult now if that first day where he said that he was immediately the next morning going to wake up at five workout and like oh there's levels to it right there's steps that had to be taken to create success as he as he um chased this lion uh, of what he's accomplished today and what he's continuing to do um and so that next level of of your journey was this retreat that just took place last weekend so yep and you know and, and backtracking a little bit like you said you know it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because it has been a process, mm-hmm. but once you decide to make the, the, t- the decision to be intentional with your time and your life, and you only have one life to live, like I need to be intentional about it. And my wife, I, I, I give her a lot of credit because it's been a few years, I'm probably close to three years, she said, Mike, I'm gonna do this 30-day workout program by Beachbody. And you, her and I both dabbled in working out. I, mm-hmm. I was, knock on wood, I was lucky enough to be like skinny fat. Like I was never like in shape, I was just always kind of skinny until I started getting older, but. I was like, yeah, okay, good luck with that, you know. But she went 30 days, never missed a day, and she got, she was up early doing her workouts. And so she got to that 30-day mark, and she's like, Mike, I completed that. And the, just the sheer joy I could see on her face, like she accomplished this. I'm like, good for you, you know. And it, it really inspired me to take action towards, towards something. And then 
just seeing it now as you lay it all out, like, yeah, it started one day. And she said, well, what's the deal? Like, time's going to go by anyway. I might as well spend 30 to 40 minutes working out to make my life healthier, you know? And, and as I look at this now, I'm like, well, time's going to go by anyway. I can either choose to live unhappy or I can choose to live happy. And for me, choosing to live happy consists of doing these small daily habits, which, you know, once you have a morning routine or an evening routine, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's little things. It's, it's for me, it's getting up and doing a devotional. It's, it's taking a two-minute cold shower. It's mm-hmm. um, reading 10 pages of a book. It's writing out three feelings a day. Like, I, why wake up morning? I'm feeling happy this morning. I get to drive my kids to school. You know, it's just little things that aren't time-consuming, mm-hmm. but you have to be intentional with your time. Right. So, but on the, uh, the topic of the retreat, this is something that I had had on my mind for a while because I had attended a few retreats that were life-changing. I mean, I'm around groups of guys where we're doing different things. And so in my head, I'd had this idea and I'll take it as far as I had found this place, this cabin that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm big on, on vision boards. Like if I see something on you know, Hal Elrod, he talks about having a vision and, and stuff like that and vision for your future. And so with this cabin, I took a picture of this cabin that I wanted to buy, and I put it on my vision board. And the guy had, who owned it, he, I knew he owned it, but I was like, I want that. I want to have that for the men's retreats. Mm-hmm. And this was last winter. And uh, it stinks to say this now, but the guy passed away. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like the realtor, I told her, I said, hey, uh, I told a realtor, hey, if you know what happens to this cabin, I'd like to have an opportunity to buy it. And so, um, all as things work out, you know, come spring this year, she says, Hey, if you're still interested in that, I know the lady that owns it, you can have first shot at it. So we, we buy this cabin and I told my wife, I said, well, that's step one complete. Mm-hmm. Little did I know. And we bought it as is. Mm-hmm. And it's an A-frame cabin. So I didn't get up there and really look at everything, but it had a hole in the roof the size of a basketball. Oh, wow. So once we really dug into this thing, like the whole thing had to be gutted and replaced, but you know, it's still... It's still in my future, in my vision of what I want to accomplish, and so I think it was. I don't remember when we say we got it in. Uh, what is it now? It's August. I got it three months ago, mm-hmm. and I told uh, one of the construction guys. I said I need this completed by August nineteenth, and he said, "Good luck." <laughs> he said, "There's no way." And so, as things keep going on, and I know that this was just it was a godlike deal that happened, but he said, uh, "I don't know how you did this, Mike. You just must have a black book full of." Carpenters or people you know, but everything worked out perfectly. That August nineteenth rolls around, this place is complete, and we had seven guys who signed up for this retreat, and we went through a uh, we called it less fake, more real, mm-hmm. you know, because now it's on social media. There's just I don't want to call social media fake, but right. I wanted the in person guy to guy, especially with the the pandemic and everything that kind of was going on. We didn't have those real connections, so I wanted a place for guys to come and just unplug, mm-hmm. relax. You know, I, I strongly suggested guys just throw their cell phones, turn them off for the weekend, and just connect with guys. And so, to I had really high expectations for this, and those expectations were exceeded. I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool to see these guys come in Friday night. None of them really knew each other. I mean, two of the guys had before that we'd had a structure you golf outing like last year, but so two of those guys had met, but the other five had no idea. It was basically seven strangers. Mm-hmm. And come Sunday morning to see the relationships that were built in that short time, like it was just, it was incredible. And you know, all of them said, you know, this was something I'll definitely do it again. I want to tell people. And so right. we've already got more scheduled now, but I mean, like, that was just cool from start to finish to see how it all worked. Right. That's awesome. So give us a little bit, um, and I don't want you to plug 
the next couple. Um, but like an overview, so guys come in Friday night, and, and you talked about you know tearing away the distractions so that they can focus on you know connecting as men, sharing their stories. But what kind of things took place? And I want you to give it all away. Leaves you know mm-hmm. for for some that are going to sign up for it. Yeah. But just a little bit of you know what what occurred that weekend. Mm-hmm. So I had an itinerary of things because I wanted these guys to. Because it's not free, it, it you know, costs a little bit of sure. money. So I wanted them to come and and get stuff out of it. Whether it's you know because I had things I wanted to focus on during this event, and so I had a bunch of stuff. Like I said, I had a, a basic itinerary of what I wanted to follow. And so that first night we get there and we just start talking, and it went off. I mean, everything was off schedule quickly. <laughs> but from like seven thirty that first night until eleven o'clock was deep, deep conversation mm. between all of us, and it was just. It was incredible to see because I also, like like I told the guy, I have this kind of itinerary I want to follow, but also I feel like I'm just going to let God kind of control the situation and see where we all go from there. And so the initial plan went went off schedule pretty quickly. But we wake up the next morning, and, and we had a guy that facilitated a workout for us. And it was interesting because after that workout, one of the guys just, he came out and he says, hey, I've been just kind of struggling in my faith. I, uh, I know that I, I believe in God, and I want to get back to it, but I just want to... For this whole group right now, there's like eight or nine of us there. He's like, I want to pray for everybody. And so out loud, he just prays for everybody. And there I get chills even thinking about it now. But, you know, when we did that, I was like, dude, this is cool. Like, this is this is more than Mike Newhart. I'm just a facilitator, you know. And I want these guys to have the best experience of their life. And uh, like I said, I wanted them to unplug, throw their phones away, read a book, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Just interact. And like I had, I had told you, there was no surface-level conversations. It wasn't dudes just talking about the mundane how's work, how's life, you want to drink some beer, stuff like that. Like it was deep conversations on on God, on, on faith, on family, on your relationships with your kids, on business. Like it was everything you'd want to tackle to retreat, to focus on different things. Like that's what it was. And it was incredible. And, you know, just seeing everybody leave on Sunday morning, it's like we now know that we have a group of friends a group of guys that can connect and talk to each other about anything. Right. And so it is really cool too because we started a group chat and even we started doing a morning devotional, mm. you know, through that Uversion Bible app. And to see each guy participate in that, the things that they're talking about in that in that group chat, I'm like, this is what this was was, was intended for. That's great. So yeah, that's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, to see those to be able to you know, like you said, facilitate an opportunity for men to come together and share what their struggles are is men and being able to encourage and motivate one another to to level up and that's how we start to see real change within a community and real change within you know a region and and how people changing the way people think and view themselves and view life um but um i want to share uh i want you to share a little bit about um you know talking about your changes and then this awesome story of you know being an entrepreneur, having multiple businesses, starting Structure You, right? It's like, man, this is awesome. Like, motivating, you know, awesome guy. Like, this is so cool to see how he's grown this stuff, these steps that he's taken. But I think sometimes we, we when you talked about um, the morning routine and being uncomfortable, I think we are in a society and in a, in a time today where we're so focused on comfort that comfort holds us back from being able to feel like we're so comfortable, but yet we're so depressed right mm. and so i think it's because you know we're meant to suffer right and do hard things right challenge ourselves like you have to wake up each day find you know whether it be the gym whether it be you know running whatever it is right our bodies were meant to move 
you know, suffering is good, right? Yes. And so talk a little bit about 75 hard, um, an intense time of suffering Mm -hmm. for you, um, and how that suffering in those moments that you chose to suffer, right? Because it was a daily choice to choose to be like, because you could have quit. No one was, you know, no one was forcing you to not eat or not, you know, or to do the second workout. So talk about some times where that suffering played a vital role and then just 75 hard as a whole, um, how that changed your perspective. So I like what you say about we live in a society that's it's based on comfort. I started reading this book here recently, and I can't remember. I think it's called uh, like the Re- Re- Relentless Pursuit of Hurry or something like that. But anyway, it just talks about how, you know, whenever Steve Jobs invented these iPhones, it's supposed to be for uh, not comfort, but for like, a, oh, I can't think of the word now. but uh, Like efficiency? Yeah, efficiency. We're supposed okay. to be more efficient. We're supposed to be able to streamline things, get things done more right. faster. But in reality, you know, we're spending more time and more energy on these stupid stuff. Like if I could throw mine in the garbage, don't right. I probably would. But I've turned, you know, even then I've turned my phone, my smartphone into a dumb phone. All I can do is call and text on it. I've got like <laughs> five things of whatever it is of data on it five gigabytes of data so uh-huh. I can't I mean after the first day of the month like I'm done like I can't do anything like if I have to, if I really need my phone I've got to find Wi-Fi somewhere That's to awesome. use it so yeah but I mean it's one of those things too where in my life I have to just take out all the distractions so I can focus on my priorities and now I completely forgot what the question was oh you're good oh, yeah, about suffering, the, about <laughs> suffering and, yeah. and, and comfort and so you know I, lo- I love to live my life now not uncomfortably but I like to be uncomfortably comfortable you know mm-hmm. if something hard comes my way I like to say yes I before I really you know I, I shared with you about the pastor of our church asked me to be his apprentice for mm-hmm. this this teaching program to where whenever he's gone I'll teach the course I'm like oh, I said dude I said I don't know that much like I'm still pretty new in my, in my walk and my faith I said I don't I feel uncomfortable and I said I better say yes then right you know, I'm completely uncomfortable so um, I love the idea of doing Hard things like that that make you uncomfortable. I love doing physical challenges. I had a guy once at the gym we go to say, I love to get in a dark place and see how long I can stay there. Because that's when I really start, and for me too, it's like when that's when I really start peeling back some layers of the of Mike Newhart and seeing like what's bothering you, what are some things from maybe your childhood you still need to uncover and, and things like that. But on the 75 hard aspect, I don't want to say that was easy, but I was so committed to it that it wasn't even a question. I was going to do it day in and day out, and it was, if anything, it was more of a struggle for my wife because I was getting up early to go on a walk when I was messing with her her morning routine. I was taking, like, if we got home at 7 o'clock, and I'm like, I still got to get my workout in. You know, I'm going right. to go run, you know, and she'd be putting the kids to bed. So it was almost more of a, a hindrance for her. Mm. And so when I got done, I was like, I loved every part of this. I'm going to take it into the, and continue it. And she's like, you're still going to do two workouts? You're still going to do this? I'm like, no, I won't because then we, right. you know, we addressed that. So communication too in our marriage is key and so once she said that I was like I get it you know and so because even at nighttime I would eat different dinners mm-hmm. than my family was eating because I had to watch my calories or do this stuff so I was like dude I, I get that I understand what you're saying so um, once it was over I kind of stopped I me mean, I still but but the aspect of being fully committed to something like that and being disciplined to do that it was a great challenge That's I think awesome. everybody should try that yeah and right. complete it because I learned so much about discipline, hard work. They do the, it sounds cliche, but all those types of things. Right. You know, but it's just a matter of doing it. And also, I went from, I had been going to the gym pretty diligently, but I was like a 15% body fat. Mm-hmm. By the time I was over, I was under 10% body fat. Man. And I had lost, I think, it, I went from 192 to 166. So, whatever that is. And that yeah. was too skinny for me. Like, I was too skinny. I was like, right. I need to put some right. meat on the bone. Yeah. 
That's funny. But yeah, yeah I've bumped up like 180 now, but I've also, now I'm stronger than I've ever been, too. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah, you just did a squat PR, you said today. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's where, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> PR, PR yeah. on lists. But yes. no, I think that's that's great, man. And, and, and just to for listeners, right, like, to commit to something and see it through, I think sometimes we create these excuses in our mind, like, well... I'm on day six of this thing I committed to, but I have a wedding. I have, you know, yes. the kids want to go get ice cream. I got to be a dad. So how did you overcome, I know you said that it was easy because you were committed from the jump, but early on when you would when you would commit to doing things that were hard, how did you overcome that, you know, that inner, you know, person that wants comfort? Well, you know, and that goes back to even this morning when I was laying in bed, it was five o'clock. I looked. It was five o'clock, and I was like, "Okay, I could probably sleep until like five thirty today." Mm-hmm. And so I'm laying there. I'm kind of tossing and turning. I'm like, "Mike, how are you going to feel at five thirty when you get up?" And I was like, "You're not going to feel any different than you do at five o'clock right now. So get up, do your stuff, and just live to that commitment." But like you said, nobody's ever going to know if I get up at five o'clock or five thirty. Nobody's right. ever going to know any different. But I'll know personally that I don't feel as good about myself if I don't get up and do these hard things. Yep. And like I said before, they're not hard. It's just a matter of staying committed to yourself and doing it. And it's like anything in life, no matter what it is. You know, mm-hmm. there's a guy that I've been working with that says, well, I want to lose 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. I said, well, guess what? You're not going to lose 50 pounds tomorrow. Right. Well, let's take a long-term approach at this. If you commit to losing one pound a week, you know, maybe that's walking an extra block around the house, or maybe that's eating two less donuts during a week. You know, you can lose one pound a week, mm-hmm. but in one year, you're going to go from 280 to 230, which you've never been before. Yep. That's very doable, yes. but it's small choices. It's, and that's what it boils down to, Cole, is this, we're making small choices every single day. You're gonna make the right one or the wrong one. Right. You know. That's great. And, and, and to to go back to you know, if you were to com- when you complete the 75 hard, or when you complete a day and you've done all the tasks and you didn't fail, right? There's that sense of gratification, that that dopamine release, mm-hmm. that serotonin, all that really good stuff. You know, the drugs that our brains emit, right? Well, it's the same kind of thing that you get when you go for the instant gratification, but then it's immediately followed with that guilt. Oh, like, yeah. I know I shouldn't. Like, yes. like you're, you know, people on here, whether you're looking to change, you know, you want to lose some weight or get into the gym or make decisions to better your family, whatever it is, right? There's those things of, well, you know, if you're, you're, you're struggling with alcohol or whatever it is or porn, whatever it may be, right? That you can do that thing really fast. Let's just use food for example. I can go pick oh, up. Yeah. I can go pick up Freddy's right and eat it, and it's oh, it's awesome, right? <laughs> Until I'm done. Until you're done. Like, I just threw myself. I'm not reaching the goals I wanted to reach because I didn't align, and then I feel terrible about it. Then you kind of beat yourself up. Versus if you can deny yourself, that is hard in the moment. But then you get to go to bed being like, I did what I needed to do today. And so I think that's where we view suffering is like this horrible thing. But it actually, in turn, right, it reaps rewards. And mm-hmm. so, but that's hard to get our brain to switch because our brain wants to just go, yeah, go ahead and give that to me now. Like, exactly. that'll be good. Like, let's get that Oreo Blizzard for sure. Um, and so, we have to have that long term vision. And you talk about vision boards and things like that. And so, I think all of this stuff is, is, is awesome. And, and there's so many resources through Structure U. Um, and love being able to jump on and something that breaks the when you're scrolling through your Facebook feed you're com, you know you're comparing to everybody mm-hmm. else's feed everybody's highlight reel you're seeing the ads for because you know Google's got you figured out so oh, you're seeing yeah. the ads for the things that you need to buy or the stuff you don't necessarily need but to have that broken up by positive things that men are posting or struggles that men are posting where you know you're not alone I think that's so um, beneficial and such an asset that you get to see on your feed when you know 
it's the nature of the beast in, mm-hmm. today of having social media in, in, in a world today. And so um, applaud you for just everything you've done. Applaud you for getting through 75 hard. Um, I hope that you guys, um, the listeners, are inspired um, by what he says. You guys can find him at Structure You or Mike Newhart. But I want him to, to plug what he's got going on coming up in October and November. Um, take it away, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. And I think that, too, a lot of people need to realize, too, that, like, our lives that we live aren't perfect. Like, mm-hmm. you and I and everybody else, we all still share the same struggles. It's now a matter of, you know, there's a lot of times I ask myself, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, like you said, you know, having that blizzard. Like, I'm a binge eater at nighttime. Like, I right. I may be thin right now, but I'm still, I still struggle with the, the eating a couple Pop-Tarts or eating some ice cream before bed. So, I, you know, I have to, there's times where I still eat it. But it, like you said, you know, once you finish that last bite, like, oh, the shame and guilt. And it's like, you know, and that stuff, it's it's easy to roll over with those mm-hmm. things and just and keep it going instead of, you know, there's times now where I'll just, and, and with my kids, you know, I have to tell them, hey, if they're acting crazy, like, what are you riding today? And my son's like, I'm riding a dinosaur. I'm like, well, turn that dinosaur around <laughs> and go back the other way because yeah. we, need to, we need to flip it around today. You know, so right. there's times even in my own personal life I have to do that. But um, coming up in October with Structure you we're going to be having another another retreat and you know with these retreats I really like to keep them intimate and so when I say intimate I mean six people six people because I feel like that's a good group for guys to share stuff you know I think when you get much bigger than that it's kind of uncomfortable sure but uh, you feel like you're being judged or anything like that but also with six people there's guys are kind of dealing with the same issues um, and 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 same ones as they want out of life so um, October 22nd through 24th we're gonna be having another retreat and uh, I had a guy message me yesterday saying he can't make October but he wants one in November so I said, well, let's do it one in November, too. Awesome. So now we got one scheduled for November. Um, so, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. I said, you can reach me. I'm, I'm on Facebook or um, at StructureU or just even uh, we got StructureU.com where you can email me that way, too. So, Sweet. yeah, awesome. All right, well, we will tag StructureU in the show notes, um, all the ways to contact Mike if that interests you. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, as always, chase the line.